Hi there, best boy Dan. Hi there, best boy Justin. Hey, best boy Dan. Yeah, best boy Justin. Why are we in this empty void? Why, it's the filler episode. Okay, I that I understand, but what are we doing in this void? Whoa, well, that's because we've entered into a space devoid of significant plot. It's a filler episode. None of it matters. It's just fluff. Fun. But that still doesn't explain how we motherfucking transcended time and space to get here. Yes. Hello and welcome to the Best Boys Podcast. I'm Best Boy Dan. And I'm Best Boy Justin. And like we mentioned before, this is the filler episode, or at least one of probably many. Uh, we're going to pull an original Naruto up in this bitch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Not really. Um, but I yeah. hope you're ready to watch Sakura run around the Leaf Village for a couple episodes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so basically with these filler episodes, we're not going to have like a deep dive into, you know, any subjects. Um, we'll kind of do our normal news and our banters and, you know, all the other crazy things that happen in a filler episode, but nothing too significant to the plot. Um you can go ahead and just skip on through to uh, Best Boy Shippuden. Yes. <laughs> As um, one does. But that being said, uh, why don't we get into it? Um, Justin. Yeah, we're going to change things up a little bit and we're going to start right off by checking in with Studio WEEB for some anime news. <laughs> So this this first story, um, I'm going to let Best Boy Justin talk to you about, but uh, it is relatively close to my heart of being about one of the two YouTuber or VTubers that that I've kind of followed in the past. Um, Best Boy Justin, tell us what's going on with uh, Kiryu Koko. That something floating in this nabe is not a Yuba. It's your fucking skin. Yeah, so uh, Hollow Live virtual YouTuber Kiryu Koko is going to be graduating on July 1st. Uh, Congratulations! Should we, should we play the Vitamin C song? Yes. <laughs> As we go. Yeah, so uh, Cover Corp, the company which runs the virtual YouTuber agency Hollow Live, issued a press release in English, uh, issued press releases in English, Japanese, and Chinese on Wednesday to announce that VTuber Kiryu Koko will graduate from the group on July 1st. Graduate, of course, meaning to retire. I still don't understand that, but uh, anyway, according to the English press release, uh, they said, We as a company are saddened by her decision to leave, but after much deliberation between both parties, we have decided to honor her wishes. Uh, Although her regular streaming activities will end, Coco's channel membership and members-only content will continue to be available until September 30th. Uh, Fans are encouraged to send mail and presents by July 14th. Uh, Kiryu Koko is a fourth-generation Hololive VTuber uh, who debuted in December 2019. Although her main activities were performed in Japanese, she is a fluent English speaker, and her Reddit meme reviews where she explained English-language memes to her Japanese viewers were a regular feature on her channel. Uh, In September 2020, she was suspended for streaming activities for three weeks alongside Akai Hato due to inappropriate remarks and unauthorized disclosure of YouTube channel analytics, which uh, came up in one of their live streams. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, 
CoverCorp was found uh, founded in 2016, and the first generation of Hololive uh, performers debuted in 2018. Uh, over 50 uh, VTubers currently belong to Hololive, according to the agency's English website. Uh, it has around 4.4 million fans on YouTube and 4 million on Bilibili. Uh, that's the Chinese version of YouTube. Um, and the talents perform using an intricate uh, 2D and 3D avatars provided by the company. They use this kind of like face rigging technology, which is actually pretty interesting it's to me. It's super cool. It's um, like, do you remember the, um, oh God, what was that Xbox attachment um, that they oh, the, used to um, make you get with it? Yeah, um, I know. What you, it was the camera thing. Yeah, I remember. Yeah. That. Oh, it's going to drive me nuts Still, yeah. I remember that. Um, but it, it's basically like similar technology to that, but it's, it's. Like, just to get into it, like, the rig is, like, $800 or the software, yeah. so. Yeah, like, actually, like, having the avatars made is the cheap part. Like, having yeah. it rigged to your body and, like, getting the software is the most expensive Well, part. and I know that some of them even get, like, uh, full body models. I know yeah. uh, Kiryu Coco had one. Um, I'm pretty sure Galgura also has one. Oh, really? She yeah, got one. I think I, so. She might I be could... one of the first of the new ones to get one. Yeah, I think, uh, yeah, I think VTubers, it's a really interesting phenomenon. And, like, you know, we've talked about it in the past, how, like, I was one of the people saying this will never be big. And then all of a sudden, here it is. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, they're just like throwing money at them. All of a sudden, I'm watching Galgura streams every day. Um, I, I always enjoyed Kiryu Koko's content. She was like definitely more on the lewd side. Like, yeah. Um, but in terms of like adult entertainment, not in, in the porn way, yes. but in the like ha-has for people over 18. Yeah. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, I really liked her Reddit meme reviews. I've seen a couple of them. I, I never really watched her streams, obviously, because they're in Japanese. Mm -hmm. So, like, you'd she have She did to... a few, like, English yeah, streams. Yeah, but I never really, never really caught on for you. But I did watch the Reddit meme reviews. They were funny. Uh, I think it's interesting how after September 30th, uh, mm -hmm. based on the way this is worded, her content is going to be completely removed. Yeah. Um... I think, I, I don't know. I, I think maybe there's something going on behind the scenes there. There is definitely some sort of... There's some wording in this article that makes it seem as though it wasn't, like, the most, like... It's not an animal breakups, yeah. yeah this, I mean, definitely the way they put, like, we decided to honor her wishes. Yeah. Makes, I don't know. There's something going on behind the scenes here. Um, but, yeah, it, the... I also wonder if it has anything to do with like YouTube analytics and all that sort of stuff because it like very well could. because a dead channel may be more of a hindrance to their overall thing than just leaving the content up. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, the good news about the internet is once it's on there, it's on there. Oh forever, yeah. yeah. So if you want to find her stuff, you'll be able to. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure there will be plenty of you know like fan compilations and stuff to go find out there. Yeah. But uh, anyway, you know, happy graduation, Kiryu Coco. Uh, we'll miss you. You. Uh, moving on, uh, Blade Runner Black Lotus anime debuts this fall on Adult Swim in Canada. Um, Canada so good for Canada. Yeah, yeah. they got um, Letter Kenny and uh, the Blade Runner. The anime. only two good things about Canada. <laughs> um, anyway, Canadian uh, media poutine. company <laughs> Chorus Entertainment revealed in a press release on Tuesday that the Blade Runner Black Lotus anime is scheduled to premiere this fall on Adult Swim in Canada. Director Shinji Aramaki and Kenji Kamiyama had revealed in an interview in July 2020 that the anime would debut this year. Um, Crunchyroll and Adult Swim are partnering with Alcon Entertainment to produce the 13-episode television anime series. The anime is based on Blade Runner 2049, the sequel to the original 1982 Blade Runner film. 
Uh, Aramaki from Ultraman and Appleseed, and Kamiyama from uh, Ultraman and Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, one of my personal favorites, uh, previously worked together on, well, Ultraman, and uh, Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex 2045. Um, you watched that, right? Yeah, it was uh, just okay. The animation okay. was not good, uh, but the story was great. Uh, Shinichiro Watanabe uh, is going to be a creative producer, and you'll recognize his name from uh, Cowboy Bebop and Samurai Shampoo. Never heard of him. Yeah, never heard of him. <laughs> Who's this guy? Um... The series story will take place in 2032 between the two films and will include some familiar characters. I'm kind of interested to see if they're going to... Uh, I want to see an anime version of Harrison Ford, so I hope that's the case. Uh, and Adult Swim will Wild. have... Yeah, I didn't even Wouldn't think that be cool? That. I mean, I've already seen a Barnold Schwarzenegger anime version. Barnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think that would be really cool to see an anime Harrison Ford. I think Harrison Ford would also think that's cool. Um, <laughs> no, he wouldn't. I mean, Harrison, well, I, I know him, he, so... He just looks, like, annoyed by everything <laughs> nowadays. But uh, Adult Swim will have worldwide distribution rights to an English-dubbed version of this show outside of Asia, and will air the anime in the United States on its Toonami block. Uh, Crunchyroll will stream the anime worldwide, which means if you live in Canada, you don't have to meet Best Boy Dan's contact in the alley. I mean, you could. I, very nice. Uh, I'm, sure, I'm, I'm sure they are. I'm sure they are. <laughs> Um, up next, we this story I'm actually really excited about. Um, not that I'm going to be able to afford any of it. Um, but the Heritage Auction is holding its first major anime art auction uh, between June 25th and June 27th. Uh, it will be uh, holding its first auction of anime cells and backgrounds. Um, the Art of Anime and Everything Cool auction will include 928 lots. It will be the first auction held by a U.S. auction house with a focus on anime art materials. This auction will feature selections from the GLAD Anime Museum collection, created by photographer and film producer Mike GLAD. His collection of over 300 pieces is the result of 33 years of wow. work and has been featured in museums around the world, including the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences in Los Angeles, uh, Osamu uh, Tezuka's Astro Boy, Ghibli Films, and Akira are some of the major works represented. So That's wild. Yeah, it, you know, you see all of these, like, you know, Disney prints selling for tons of money. Like, I, why wouldn't the same thing happen with, like, films as impactful as, like, Akira? It makes yeah. total sense. Uh, I am really curious. I'm going to actually spend some time after this um, podcast, like, just looking through and seeing what they have. It's open to anyone, so if you're interested and probably have a significant chunk yeah. of money... Um, bid on it. Cause... I mean, I would be I would be curious to see some of the stuff they have up up on auction because where where I currently work in in my real life, um, we do shipping for a lot of auction companies, so I get to see a lot of the stuff that comes through. And like some of it's really cool, but most of it's really boring. Yeah, you better swipe me, uh, Studio Ghibli, <laughs> sell if you can. Not that kind of auction. <laughs> Not that kind of auction. I can get you a signed photograph of a U.S. president that no one remembers the name of. Oh, that's yeah. how about fun. how about that? Yeah, all right. It's is it an anime president? Oh, I wish. <laughs> Who do you think will be our first anime president? Um, I wish I had a funny joke for that. Yeah. Oh well. Moving on. <laughs> Editor Dan, I know your one rule is to not add jokes after the fact, but can you add a funny joke there? Cool. Thanks. Hey there, editor best boy Dan here. I don't even know what the fucking anime president is, let alone how to make a joke about it. 
And now, back to your regularly scheduled episode. All right, so uh, the next story that we want to talk about uh, is that Toonami is going to be airing Yashihime for the people who want to watch that. Um, <laughs> I, I think it's... So it's going to be starting June 26th. Um, I think what is most interesting to me about this story is I, I don't currently have cable, um, but Toonami was so formative uh, to the point that like we're going to be talking about it pretty in-depth in an upcoming episode. Um, but I was curious to see like what is part of that uh, block now. And as far as I understand, Toonami is more of a Saturday night thing. I think it's the midnight run. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Um, but it kicks off at 12 a.m. with My Hero Academia. Nice. Followed by Doctor Stone Stone Wars. Uh, Yasha Hime is going to slot in at 1 a.m. Uh, Food Wars: The Third Plate is going to come in at 1:30. Black Clover at 2 a.m. and Naruto Shippuden at 2:30. And wrapping things up in the 3 a.m. hour, we have Attack on Titan followed by Dragon Ball Super. So the the only name on this list that really surprises me is Food Wars, uh, especially because it's the third plate. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, that too. But like, also like, okay, so Toonami had some like some stuff on the bluer side historically. So you get, sure. like, your Loop in the Third and, you know, stuff like that. But, like, Food Wars is... I suppose. It also, it, at the same time, it runs in Shonen Jump. True, but it, I feel like things are <laughs> I, a little bit different. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 It, 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 historically, Toonami has had no problem showing, like, blood and gore. But, like, uh, TNA has been a little bit more risque for their viewers. So yeah. it is interesting to see a show like that. And it's also not as stereotypical of a shonen that you're going to see in yeah, that, that kind too. of block. I mean, all of these other shows, absolutely. Like, they are totally fodder for Toonami. It, it just, it brings me back to, you know, my, like, early teen, pre-teen years of, like, uh, you know, midnight run blocks mm. and, like, staying up. Because, like, you would stay up through the whole block, watch everything, and maybe even make it to the, like, repeat of this. Oh, yeah. But this is totally, like, if I were, you know you know going to school monday through friday and i had saturday nights off like you know i would be staying up till 4 a.m watching every one of these shows oh absolutely yeah i used to do the same thing um so yeah it's it's really interesting to see what the current toonami uh, lineup looks like uh i all of the names on this list are great um if i don't know anything about black clover but i've heard good things mm -hmm. um, yeah once you get through the first like what 36 episodes mm -hmm. god um Best Boy Justin, you want to take this one next? Yeah, because, you know, speaking of Toonami and Midnight Run, um, Netflix's live-action Cowboy Bebop show is going to premiere in the fall, and it's going to have Yoko Kano as the composer. Um, so if you were like me and heavily influenced by the music of uh, this show and also, um, uh, you know, shows like uh, Samurai Champloo and, and uh, stuff like that, uh, that's, this is really great news. Yoko Kano is a fantastic composer. Um they did the original uh, anime. Yeah, they did the original uh, Cowboy Bebop, the real mm -hmm. folk blues, all those good songs you get from there, the bluesy, uh, uh, bluesy stuff. They actually, uh, this isn't this isn't on our outline, but during co uh, during COVID, they got back together. The band called the Seatbelts that she mm -hmm. was uh, part of, and they did a bunch of like socially distanced live action. Um, 
uh, covers of the songs from Cowboy Bebop. Oh, that's rad. Yeah, and some of them were like really good. Like Jupiter Jazz was really good. And uh, obviously Tank was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Um, And they had a lot of really great tributes to their drummer, uh, whose name I can't remember, who did pass away in the intervening years. Um, So definitely check that out. But moving uh, back on to this story... uh, the, uh, they release a teaser video. It uh, features the live-action cast and the anime's opening theme song, Tank, by the Seatbelts, as we just talked about. So um, <laughs> The series stars John Cho as Spike, Mustafa Shakir as Jet, and Daniela Pineda as Faye. We also have Alex Hassel as Vicious and Elena Satine as Julia. Uh, I am, out of all of this, most excited to see Mustafa Shakir as Jet. I think he's going to be fantastic in this role. I am... I know he will be fantastic in that role. I'm very curious to see how John Cho's going to shake out. Because, like, if you told me, like, five years ago that, like, or, like, during Harold and Kumar times yeah, 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 that yeah. he was going to be Spike, I'd be like, get the fuck out of well, here. He, has, he definitely has good action movie chops because he was great in Star Trek. He was great in Star Trek. And then he also had that, like, um, that like facebook film or whatever where like his daughter got like stolen what oh yeah yeah. did he do a taken sort of except for oh god it was such a ridiculous uh premise so his daughter his daughter gets like taken and the whole movie i think is filmed from like the perspective of like his webcam on his computer Mm -hmm. and it's like him like going through her facebook and like you know skyping her like friends to like figure out like what happened to her or something like that that's Uh, more boring than taken i think oh for sure it also you know doesn't have leslie nielsen in it yeah um but uh i i think that he will either be really great at it or you know It'll or, be another Netflix anime I think, adaptation. I think at worst, like, I think John Cho is fine. I think at worst he'll just be fine. Yeah. Um, I wonder, is is Ed going to be in this one? I mean, you have I, to have I haven't. I haven't seen anything about it. Um, and if, if Ed is going to be in this one, who's going to be playing them? Yeah. Um, but yeah, overall... I also the, don't know if I know who Alex Hassel is. I don't think I do either. Um, yeah, I'm looking through their resume and I don't think I'm familiar with them. Yeah, but, uh, you know, overall, I, I'm cautiously optimistic for this film. Um, I wonder, you know, they say in the fall, I hope they meet that that deadline. Yeah, well, how how long have they been working on this? I would say probably about, they, they announced officially that they were working on it probably about a year and a half ago. And I think they probably started working on it maybe a half a year to a year before anything was officially announced. Yeah. So. You know, hopefully they're hopefully they're doing it justice. I, you know, we're we're all scarred when it comes to live action <laughs> anime films. So like, uh, it's hard to get super excited about it. But like, this is one that like maybe it's just me, my and my attachment to the show. But I really want them to do it well. You know, same here. Maybe this could be a turning point for live action anime films in the West. Here's hoping. And actually, speaking of live action anime films, <laughs> yeah. We got uh, we have some news that uh, film director Zack Snyder's um, he mentioned in an interview that he would consider making a film based on the Dragon Ball Z anime series if circumstances were right. Uh, you may recognize this uh, two bit you know director Zack Snyder from films <laughs> such as Watchmen, Man of Steel, and Justice League. Um, but uh, he also expressed interest in making a remake or a live-action work based on anime properties. And uh, per- he said he watched a lot of anime uh, with his kid. Which, so, like, 
honestly, you can totally see in his work. Yeah. Um, oh yeah. So one of the things, especially Watchmen. I think especially Man of Steel. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that struck me about Man of Steel in particular was when Superman was like fighting Zod, they were just like destroying the yeah. city and yeah. like their movements were like you, the camera couldn't keep up with like sort of thing like yeah. they were like instantaneously like places and it felt very much like a dragon ball z battle and when you consider like the power of superman like that's really what those battles are going to be like like destruction on like a catastrophic like scale yeah right like superman's like you know can save a person but like if someone of equal power punches them through a building that building's going down yeah that's interesting i never really thought about it like that but yeah that makes total sense um so uh i listen i i have mixed feelings about Zack snyder as a director but i would love to see someone of that high profile like really take on an anime property and there's been there's been so many talk so much talk of various directors like actually tackling a franchise like even alita was supposed to be um robert rodriguez originally right but really i think they ended up just producing it and having someone else direct it i should probably watch that movie at some point it's all right um, but, i think well, but i know that um what's the guy pacific rim guillermo del torres yes uh, has guillermo del toro make, del toro uh has wanted to make an anime film for some time yeah i think well this is what it, this is why i kind of you know just to backtrack to cowboy bebop a little bit this is why like we do really need a good mm-hmm. live action anime movie we need one that's not just okay we need a really good one to kind of show people like hey this can work like this is something that can be done and to be entirely honest with you i'm not sure that it can work and i'm not sure <laughs> that it can be done which is why i also need a good live I, action anime i don't movie. understand why it couldn't be done we adapt all of these american properties why can't we adapt an anime well i mean you know maybe there's just uh there's just something about the format and i'm not saying it can't be i'm not saying it's impossible i'm just i just mean with the way hollywood is and the way film production in the West works, can it be done within that framework as so, it currently exists? I, what I have always wanted to happen was for a film studio to do like a nice little like indie film of like a Your Lion April or something like that. That would be great. And it would also be sad. <laughs> but but well, it doesn't okay. even necessarily need to be that. But some sort of like... You know, twelve episode like little series. It doesn't need to be like a Dragon Ball Z or something like that. Yeah. But, um. You know, like just well, because the, the te- they do make live action anime films in Japan, mm-hmm. but, and but the thing is, they are typically geared more towards the drama anime. So you get things like though they still do things Rob like Kongs. Attack on Titan. They too. do still do things like Attack on Titan, but like the ones that are big and the ones that are you know that are more commonly pursued are these drama rom-coms mysteries but not so much you don't get a whole lot of like they're making a tokyo avengers one yeah yeah um Um, which i think would be fine you know what else i learned while i was doing some research for this episode too is how many stage plays they do of they do a lot of stage way more common no idea because they were like there's a demon slayer stage play i was like get out of here yep um yeah, there was another one too. I can't remember. Now. It's because they don't they don't really ever you don't they don't ever make their way to the West. It's, yeah. People don't bother to translate them. They don't bother to sub them. So they never really it, I mean, so uh 
you best buds may not know this, but my um, background is actually in theatrical lighting. Um, I would love to go to Japan and see like you know the Demon Slayer like stage show. I mean, you wouldn't be able to understand it, but I don't care. I just want to see the stage. Yeah, just to see the stage. Yeah, okay, yeah. all right. Hey. I want to listen. I want to see like an actual Nezuko like pop out of a box. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It would be interesting. Um, yeah, but you know, there's just not a lot of uh, interest in it here in the West. But you know, that might change because for a long time there was also no interest in like um, like light novels and stuff like that. And yeah. lately, they've been very popular. They have their own section in Kinokuniya now. Yeah, and we're actually even going to talk about like some of the like um, the charts for um, manga soon too. Yeah. Um, the next story we're going to talk about is Higurashi when they cry Sotsu anime premieres July first. Um, the official website of Higurashi When They Cry Sotsu anime, uh, television anime, the follow-up to Higurashi When They Cry Go, is that how you say that? Yeah, I don't know. I think it's an abbreviation. <laughs> okay. Um, tell, uh, revealed Monday that the anime will premiere uh, on Tokyo MX, BS11, uh, Sunday TV on July 1st, and on ATX on July 2nd. Uh, the debut will air the first two episodes together. Uh, Funimation will get it uh, when it leaves Japan. Um, I didn't realize that the uh, last Higurashi was actually 24 episodes long. Wow. Um, yeah, so I, I thought I had dipped out like right before the end of the season, but I guess it went on for a lot longer. And it has enough interest to get a second season, so... Well, here's the interesting thing. I was actually talking with someone at work. Shout out to you, uh, uh, Hussein, if you're listening. But, um, and he said he really liked Higurashi. From what I understand, the original series is really well regarded. And this one actually did well, too. So I, I think this may be another case of, like, I'm missing something or or I just dipped out, like, right before it got good. Right. Um, but it, it might be something interesting checking out, um especially because of all the like different timelines and all that kind of weirdness maybe there's some some cool stuff to see yeah um speaking of sequels uh we have news on another sequel just when you thought they couldn't make any more revisions to evangelion <laughs> there is the new film the last film is getting released for supposedly the last time it's quote unquote the last run um it is they are re-releasing Evangelion 3.0 plus 1.0 colon Thrice Upon a Time <laughs> as... Is that all? Is there as, not more of the as, title? As 3.0 plus 1.01 because it's just a point update. Yes. <laughs> um, but it's going to include like minor revisions from the original release of the film, which opened all the way back in March 8th. Um, <laughs> it, the, in fairness, the film was originally slated to open last June 27th. So I'm imagining that the edits haven't happened in the last two months. Yeah, um, but uh, supposedly this is the last version of it. Hopefully we'll get it here in America soon so we can finally watch the end of this new version of it. Uh, I think uh, the best boys should sit down and maybe go through the whole remake of the series because it's it's an interesting watch. Yeah, I would and be interested. I definitely in need that. to rewatch it because I don't remember what I, happened. I haven't watched I haven't watched it since it was uh, since it was just finished airing the original series. Yeah. Um, 
and I only think I watched like one of the the revision films, but it was the the first the one first one, which is like the a, exact same as as like you know the show, yeah. and then the second one is where it totally branches off. Yeah, so and, I don't have any of the new story. Yeah, it's like it's like the difference between um, uh, uh, Full Metal Alchemist and Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood, right? On steroids. Like, oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Next up on Anime News, the New York Times posted its first new graphic books and manga bestseller list uh, in October 2019. Uh, and for this uh, this month in June, 33rd volume of Attack on Titan hit number five. Uh, the first volume of My Hero Academia racked, uh, racked up number 12. And the eighth volume of Demon Slayer uh, hit number 15 on that list. This um, is super cool because this is the first time that three mangas have uh been on the charts yeah this is super interesting uh also kind of interesting to see like the kind of uh the the lag so like obviously my hero academia has been out for a while it's this is not the uh you know it's not like the first volume of it just came out it's been out for a little while and it's you know hitting number 12 all of a sudden so that kind of shows the interest spiking Mm -hmm. in properties that are already out um, which and kind also, of, I think probably this season has helped too, cause this season has been pretty good. This season has been really wild. We're going to talk about it a little bit more later on. Um, but I, you know, I really think it says great things about how anime is starting to catch on in the West. People are starting to take note of it as, you know, a legitimate form of entertainment, which for a long time in the U S like it really wasn't. And like the fact that the New York times has its own bestseller list for graphic books and manga granted Typical Western graphic novels have dominated that list for the most part. Um, yeah, it's impressive how much headway it's, it's made. Yeah. Um, so I think, you know, it's a pretty good reflection of where anime is at right now as a form of entertainment. Um, hopefully it's it's a good reflection of where anime is going as a form of entertainment in the West. Um, you know, and that hopefully that means we'll get more anime and more anime is good. Yeah, and I'd love to see more manga take more spots on the list. Yeah. Um, up next, we're going to talk about something that I didn't even know was going on, but I'm very excited to hear about. Um, Ghibli Park's My Neighbor Totoro area has uh, been teased as being under construction. Uh, the Aichi, Aichi? Aichi yeah. uh, Prefectural Government confirmed Wednesday that the Don Dondoko uh, Mori area, the previously announced area featuring My Neighbor Totoro for the planned Ghibli Park, is under construction. Uh, it is revealed that it will contain a 6.3 meter or about 21 foot long recreation of the airship in, uh, from Castle in the Sky. Um, the uh, giant Ghibli warehouse, the Hill of Youth, and the Dondoko Forest areas of the Ghibli Park are slated to open in the fall of 2022, uh, followed by the uh, Mononoke Village, inspired by Princess Mononoke, and the Witch Valley, inspired by Kiki's Delivery Service. Oh, that's my favorite part. Mm. Uh, about one year later. Um, Where are we going? <laughs> not soon enough. Yeah. Uh, when does it open? 2022? I guess next year. Well, the uh, uh, Kiki's delivery won't be open until 2023. So uh, I guess we're going. In we tw- we we'll got go time both. to get our passports. <laughs> um, no, this is great. I'm super excited about this. Yeah, uh, uh, I don't even really like Studio Ghibli, but I just like the idea of this is stu- super cool. Not, I don't like. I need to take that back. <laughs> oh God! Oh, it's the just, rage. It's just not my. It's not like. I can't save you, best boy. Justin. Oh no! I did it! I did it! Um, no, I mean it's it, you know Studio Ghibli. I think is 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 really interesting and cool. Like from a cultural standpoint, to anime, it's not my like. It's not my top of the list. 
you know, anime set of anime. Oh god, there's no way to say this or they're not gonna roast me. Um, In fairness, you can't say anything bad about Studio Ghibli without the pitchforks and flames coming. Yeah. Um but you know that it being is okay. Said, Listen, it is okay that it is not your thing. Whatever, get in my menchies. I don't care, you nerds. <laughs> Let's do this. No, I just I do think it's gonna be it's really interesting from a cultural standpoint to see how like how this titan of anime history mm-hmm. is getting an amusement park. That's pretty cool. Uh, Japan's doing some cool amusement parks. They're also doing uh, like a Mario like go kart like. Thing. Mario go kart thing. Yeah, okay, like you can go to this place and they'll actually have like real Mario karting. Oh wow, that yeah. sounds dangerous. Definitely, especially when you throw turtles at people. Yeah, whatever. They're they're kids. They'll be fine. Um, you got like three three <laughs> free concussions, right? Uh, but this last story is all best boy Justin. It's all me. Uh, the Gundam Hathaway anime film has been rescheduled for June 11th. Uh, as you as you uh, best buds out there know, because you Allegedly. are good best buds and listen to <laughs> listen to all of our episodes, especially the Gundam one. Yeah, go um, listen to the Gundam episode. It's yeah, even if you already listened one to it, just go listen to it again. Ever done. Um, but no, this uh, it was originally it was put on like a two week delay, and then after that it was delayed indefinitely uh, due to COVID, of course. Um, and we did finally get a release date of June 11th. We are recording this before that, so hopefully it actually happens. Um, but, uh, you know, the sooner it comes out in Japan, the sooner we'll get it here uh, in the West. Um, so I'm super excited that it's actually going through. And I'm going to be keeping my fingers crossed until <laughs> June 11th uh, that it does actually come out. If it doesn't, you'll probably hear from me uh, next episode about that. I'll be sad. Uh, but you know what? Uh, that that uh, I think that does it for anime news today, Dan. Yeah, guess what time that makes it. You know who won't leave you shouting into an airless black void, best boy Dan? The wonderful sponsors who support this podcast. That's right, and this week's episode is sponsored by Loot Crate. Well, that's reassuring, because Loot Crate is your number one destination for all the nerdy swag you could possibly need. Sure is, and the theme of this month's Loot Anime Crate is Journey, and it's chock full of gear from Somali and the Forest Spirit, Kino's Journey, and one of my personal favorites, A Place Further Than the Universe. Use our promo code BESTBOYS at checkout for 15% off, and remember, happy looting! I put it at checkout twice. I'm glad yeah. you didn't read it twice. I almost did. <laughs> what? Oh, God. What was that? What was Oh, it's Anchorman. <laughs> when he'll read anything. Anything that's on the yeah. paper. And I remember, mean, I, obviously, I'm like that because I, I read every everything. Everything. And remember, San Diego, go fuck yourself. <laughs> um, all right. So now we are back for some banter. And uh, we're going to start Lucky off. you. With a Higahiro check-in, um, it still hasn't animated itself, but it got close. Oh, uh-oh. <laughs> uh, Best Boy Justin hasn't seen the most recent episode. There was a, I, without spoiling anything, there was a scene that could have gone another direction, and it didn't, and I'm thankful, and that's it. <laughs> See, I feel like this show this show has been like, you know the, the metaphor that we used for our anime was a mistake episode, where it's like watching a train crash happen in real life? This is where this the watching this show is like having an apartment that is next to a train crossing where you hear trains coming and you see kids playing on the track and they keep getting off the track right before they're about oh, to get yeah. by the train. That's what watching this anime is And you're just like. waiting for that one day where they I know this is stuck. a very specific metaphor but I really <laughs> hated that apartment. So I mean, it's like 
it knows that you don't want it to go to the bad place, and it just like loves they have to, to be doing it on purpose. You. Yeah, yeah. Right? Oh, for sure. Um, they they know what they're doing. You know that. All that said, they don't do it as much as I thought they were going to. Yeah. Like the most, they do it a little bit in the beginning, and then they leave it alone for a while, and they like hint at it a little bit. This episode went a little bit harder the other direction, but like. It hasn't been so bad. I've really been enjoying the show. Overall, yeah. I think it's a great show. It's a really great drama. Um, we finally found out why she uh, ran away. So Yeah. Um, yeah. If, if you're into dramas, again, it's it, it's a tough name to swallow, but the show's actually pretty good. Yeah. Uh, so moving on, let's uh, check in with some Joran, Princess of Blood and Snow. Uh, I actually haven't been watching it because I haven't been <laughs> watching any anime over the past couple of weeks because of reasons. Um, but I'm just going to go ahead and uh, and say that it it still doesn't make sense. And then we'll check in next week and see if I was right. Yeah, I'm probably going to be right. Yeah. Um, so that's like the quick things out of the way. Um, one kind of topic that I wanted to just discuss because it's been on my mind is... Um, the idea of chasing the that next S-tier anime... Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you become an anime fan for long enough, like, you know, you kind of go through pretty much everything that, you know, people have recommended that you know are going to be like the, I'm going to sit down and watch this and I am going to like love it sort of thing. Um, And then it becomes like the struggle of like, oh, let me try this show out. And, you know, every time you're trying out something new, you're, you're trying to get that show that's just like getting you to binge it and, like, watch that next episode. At least that's how I feel about it sometimes. Um, And it's tough. Like, you know, we're going to have Best Boy Lewis on at some point to tell us why everything we watch is is B-tier. But, like, he's always, like, uh, chastising me at work, you know, saying, like, why are you wasting your time with this, like, stuff when you should be, like, watching this S-tier stuff? And, and, And that's, like, a real struggle in the anime world. It's, like... I think the last show that I was really completely fully enraptured in was uh, uh, Ace of the Diamond. Hmm. Interesting. I think for me, the last show that I was really fully enraptured in, though, was uh, Bunny Girl Senpai. I'd yeah. say, and, and this is one of the other things that I, because, you know, I have conversations like this with a lot of other people who are into anime, and a lot of other people, you know, a lot of people have different tastes on what makes an S-tier anime. So, like, you get people who only watch Shonen, and if you don't mm-hmm. watch Shonen, it's not anime. Yeah. <laughs> and then, like, uh, you know, you get people like me who, yes, I enjoy, I enjoy a good Shonen, and in fact, I love a good Battle I have a shonen. coworker who only watches, like, Slice of Life. And, yeah, like, but I'm really, I really lean more towards the Slice of Life and romance, rom-com, drama kind of stuff. So, like, for me, something like Bunny Girl Senpai is an S-tier anime. For sure. And, like, you know, I would say even, like, ReZero is probably... It's at the very least an S-tier isekai. It is. I So I think what I'm talking about with all of this is, like, shows that are, are essentially finished airing or have, like, a backlog that you can, like, power through, right? Because, right. like, you can never... Like, ReZero, I will definitely say, is an S-tier anime. But, like, you know, it's an ongoing thing. I'm talking mm-hmm. about, like picking up something uh and tearing through it like rascal is is a perfect example of that yeah, which i'm interested watch. that that you rank rascal as an s here i really I think need Astro- to watch that though. rascal was amazing because like i only set out to like to have it because like we were we were doing the the whole uh we were watching for the spring anime at this period mm-hmm. and we were like getting ready we were gearing up so i was like this is going to be the show that when i'm done watching the you know the spring stuff and i need something else to watch like i'm gonna watch an episode yeah. of this and it's gonna be nice and instead i watched it all in like <laughs> two weeks yep 
So like Yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, so I think Bunny Girl Senpai is definitely uh an S tier anime. Um and you know, but I totally get what you mean. Like we are totally looking for that. Like I'm gonna spoil a little bit about what's coming up next. But I have actually also been watching some other stuff that um, you know, kind of in search for that that next thing that I'm like, oh yeah, I'm gonna watch this until my eyes bleed, yeah. you know? Like I have a friend who's holding off on um March comes in like a lion because yeah. they they just know they're gonna love it, but it's like once it's gone, then you know they yeah. they watched it. I will point. say for me the the epitome of this, which was actually the thing that like solidified my dive back into the anime world, because like as we've talked about, like you know I kind of was out of anime after you know after becoming a kid and then got back into it in my like early twenties. Uh, for me, the the epitome of this like S tier anime kind of thing that we're talking about is Naruto. So like interesting. That was the first one, like because I had watched a couple. I would shows. say Naruto's S tier. Oh, it's for a sure. Great show. Even even with all its filler, which yeah, uh, for me there I are definitely not S tier things about it. Yeah, which for me I didn't actually know about the concept of filler when I was binging Naruto. So I just watched all of it. I did too. I didn't know I there did were the episodes you could I, just skip. Well, I I kept watching it because um, I was like, oh. Surely there's, it's the same, it's the same thing as when I was watching that one show that had the endless eight, where it was like eight episodes that were the exact same, except for like minor differences. I was like, surely something important is going to happen during all of this. Like we'll have one episode throughout these two seasons of filler that will actually be pertinent to the story that you just stop telling out of nowhere. Exactly. So like (laughs) I would be watching Naruto and just kind of being like, oh wow, like I really like this show, but every once in a while you get like two or three episodes that are just really really boring but you know it's a good show and like and then i remember because you told me and i was like halfway through shippuden when you told me this you were like yeah there's a website you can go to it'll tell you what all the filler episodes were i was like filler episodes and you were like yeah they're just not like really canon or anything i was like oh fuck i was like yeah. i just i just wasted a month and a half of my life watching filler no but it was and naruto oh was great like that like, you know I what's totally funny about it. that too is when i was binging naruto i was also binging bleach at the same time mm-hmm. i was like uh working at a summer theater and uh before bed every night i would just like watch naruto and bleach and like mm-hmm. between both of those shows i watched so much filler that summer yeah i actually bleach was the next one that i picked up after naruto but i didn't end up finishing bleach for some reason that i don't remember I, for the same reason everyone doesn't finish bleach as it gets boring yeah um but yeah no i think you know we do we are on the lookout but the thing the thing about that is and like the 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 thing that i i have to think about you know you mentioned it has to be something that's like that has a backlog or something that is uh you know already finished it's like what is the s tier anime of that character that we're watching right now like what is what is the show that's out right now that will be mm. this in the future? You know, like is it Fire Force? Is it like is it ReZero? Which I think yeah, ReZero probably, for sure. Yeah, it, it's definitely Attack on Attack Titan. On Titan. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But like, you know, maybe there are things out right now that that you know they, they will be in the future. That show that people talk about, like like yeah, Higurashi. the first two seasons are kind of slow, <laughs> but after that, it gets really crazy. Maybe Higurashi is one of those things. Yeah, maybe. Um, I feel like this is why sports anime get me like so much because they are, they're almost designed to be bingeable, right? Like when you watch them week after week, like it's a, it's a totally different feeling because the pace of a sports anime is like you actually 
depending on the show, but in a lot of them, you spend the time like really like building the character up and you take the time to have them start at the beginning and slowly progress until they become this like, you know, sports star in some way. And when you binge that, it's like that whole piece together can become a really good story. You know what? I, you know what? And I just answered that question in my head. You know what? One of the next big ones is going to be obviously Haikyuu because for me, I had that because I didn't start watching Haikyuu like in its seasonal form until last season. Mm -hmm. I caught up on all of it all at once when I, when you first recommended to me. So I watched like the first, like, like two and a half seasons all at once. And it was exactly like that. So yeah, I definitely think the sports uh, anime genre. Maybe maybe the water polo anime will be our I'm next. I'm pretty excited anime. about that one. Uh, Burning comedy didn't didn't do so well for me, though. I hear the gymnastics one from this season was pretty good. Uh, backflip. Oh okay, maybe we'll have to put that one on the list. Yeah, um, I don't, there's been like a few too. Like March comes and like a lion was really one of those that like got me. I guess also a sports. Are we anime. gonna like? I think it should just be a thing where on every episode we just try to convince the best buds to watch March Comes in Like a Lion. I mean, it's really perfect. should. It's so good. I might rewatch it. Just I've cause... actually been thinking about doing that too. <laughs> like maybe if we rewatch it, it will like manifest in the anime gods that they will do finally do another season. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, please, I will do I'm like a ritual dance in the front, and we'll do you know, <laughs> sacrifice a chicken. So, I mean. <sighs> I get. I think you would have to probably call this show an S tier, even if it's not always quality wise an S tier. But um, historically, is definitely an S tier. You've been watching uh, Dragon Ball lately. I, I have started watching Dragon Ball. I've been talking about this a lot. I don't know if I've talked about it a lot on mic, but I've talked about it a lot to you. Yeah. Um, and to other people, I've been talking. I don't with think you mentioned it on mic yet. Yeah, but I have been like, for, so for me. Everyone always talks about, like, how Dragon Ball and Dragon Ball Z, like, this is their entry into anime. And for me, it wasn't. I actually did not... I wouldn't say I didn't... And I'm going to get in trouble in my menchies again, just like I did with <laughs> Studio Ghibli. Best but, Boy Justin hates Ghibli, thinks yes. Dragon Ball's trash, yeah. <laughs> thinks um, One Piece should have ended after the first chat. No, I'm get in my mentions, nerds! <laughs> I'm just um, No, but, uh, you know, I just never... It never really hit me... In the way that other anime did. So, like, the way people felt about Dragon Ball Z is the way that I felt about Gundam Wing. So, like, for me, it just hit in a different way. But I do recognize that Dragon Ball, the Dragon Ball franchise is an incredibly important entry into the, you know, into the anime lexicon. Um, You know, people who, people who don't even speak the same language can be, can, like, recognize something in Dragon Ball and bond over that. Like, uh, also, like, one interesting thing is, like, Anime within the within the black community, Dragon Ball Z is huge. super huge. Dragon Ball Z is in all is like in every form of of black pop culture. So like it's in, you know, it's in rap, it's in TV, it's in everything. Like you hear there there are you know bars about Dragon Ball Z all the time in in rap songs. So like, um, I've decided that I am going to watch Dragon Ball. Um, I will say this, I've only watched like the first two or three episodes so far, uh, cause this, you know, this past two or three weeks have been crazy busy. It's also um, not a particularly benchable show. I'm getting At least, that. at least early Dragon Ball. Yeah. And I will say this, it is definitely a product of its time. <laughs> yeah, um, like early eighties. The next couple seconds are going to be spoilers for Dragon Ball. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Hit the, I don't, I, hit the next button if you if you don't want me to spoil this thirty five year old show for you. But um, like in the first episode of the show, 
um you see you see goku's dick like Mm -hmm. dick and balls so like it's kind of like a shin chan thing it's not like heavily animated but he is totally frontally nude at one point Mm -hmm. um bulma like shoots at him with a gun like not like a like a hey there's a there's a a fair amount of guns in there like she's got just like a gat and she's just going blah 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 like just like shooting at goku and then she tries to like seduce him into giving him giving her his dragon ball by like showing him her ass, and I'm like, this is a show. Yeah, um, just wait till wait till Roshi shows up. Yeah, surprisingly, the the thing that was the most surprising to me though is uh, other than the the content of the anime, the thing that has aged the worst um, is the sound design. It's really bad. Like I thought it was going to be the animation. The animation. Is 80s animation, but it largely holds up just as well as, you know, things like Gundam does. Well, and especially once you get further into the Dragon Ball series, because, like, he's... It's not all just young Goku. There's, like, older Goku in Dragon Ball proper. Right. And, like, you know, for me... you know, maybe this is just a factor of the, you know, I've been watching older anime a lot lately. I watched, you know, Mobile Suit Gundam. I've been watching Gundam Double Zeta. So, like, maybe I'm just used to it. But the anime is not that bad. The animation is not that bad, rather. Um, but the sound design, it just really doesn't sound it, good. It sounds like you're listening to it on an old, like, tube top TV. Exactly. Yeah, it sounds like the old TV at my grandma's house that used to have to hit to <laughs> yeah. make it work. When Back when you could do that to make it work. Um, now I yeah. think if you hit it, it breaks. Yes. Uh, I think. I don't know. We'll <laughs> try you, it later. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I'm watching Dragon Ball now. I'm it, excited for you to be watching Dragon Ball. I, I will say this: the story, it, it, it as far as um, as far as I've gotten of it, in the, like the first three or four episodes, uh, is interesting. I like that there's just dragons and dinosaurs for no reason. Yep. Um, but uh, you know, I feel like for me, it's it's going to end up being like one of it's going to be end up being what I wanted uh, Bunny Girl Senpai to be, which is like kind of like a palate cleanser. Oh, I was like, like, I cannot imagine a more. Yeah. Different Where is he show? going with that? <laughs> no, it's like more of like a palate cleanser, something I watch sure. when I want to not watch something else. You know. Yeah, and I think a lot of people also forget about Dragon Ball is that it's a it's a children's comedy show. It is more yeah. than anything else. Um, it's not, it's not like, and it's so interesting how... The action comes later. Yeah, it's so interesting how Shonen has evolved, too. So, like, the Shonen, like, watching back-to-back, like, if you were to watch, like, a Shonen from today, like, a Fire Force or Black Clover or something like that, Mm -hmm. and, like, watch it with, like, Dragon Ball or Gundam, uh, Mobile Suit Gundam or some of the Shonen from back in the day, it's so interesting to see the themes that have evolved Mm -hmm. since then. And I feel like a lot of that has to do with, like, you know evolutions on what is considered acceptable on tv of mm-hmm. course because like obviously this you're not having the same kind of stuff you have in gundam iron-blooded orphans occurring in mobile suit gundam for the reasons that iron-blooded orphans got in trouble already for what it right. did today but like you know the well it's it's weird because there's kind of two versions of that right like you're not gonna see like a little boy's like junk yeah. drawn on television right. today whereas back then you're not going to well, see Well, you like, actually are because Shin-chan is still a thing. I mean, sure. but <laughs> but like but Shin-chan was also a thing back then too. So like it's, yeah, it's, yeah. it's it just hasn't changed since then. But like that is not so prevalent today whereas like nowadays like the amount of violence and stuff is like on a whole different level. Yeah. Absolutely. Um and 
you know, I just, I just think, I just it thought it was an interesting view into like how Shonen has evolved. Um, I'm, I and am, how it stayed the same in a lot of ways. I'm also, are you planning on doing like Z and GT and all that sort of stuff? If, yeah, if Dragon Ball holds up pretty well, then yeah. I will be interested to see, uh, what you think about it. Uh, I am like actually most through. interested to watch Dragon Ball Z. Uh, the reason I'm starting with Dragon Ball is just because I have, like, if I start a thing, I need to start at the beginning, yeah. even if I already know how everything goes. I'm wondering if but it's like, worth it for you to watch Kai over Z. But like if it if if Z came first, I have to watch Z yeah. first. So well, like, so but the you... reason I'm interested in watching Z is because that is the only one that I have ever seen. Mm. So like, that's the one that I want to see the most. How I feel about it now, yeah. as opposed to like how I felt about bad. it as a kid. Because yeah. how the basically the way I felt about it as a kid was, well, it comes on before Gundam Wing, so <laughs> sometimes I'll watch like the last couple minutes of it. Like that was how I felt about it. Mm-hmm. So like. Um, I'm interested to see how I would, how I would think about, think it, think about it now. Yeah. Um, speaking of Dragon Ball Z, well, the next topic we want to talk about, um, is anime and video games. Um, and actually one of my favorite memories, uh, of anime and video games was the, uh, Dragon Ball Z games for the Game Boy Advance. Okay. Um, they had two of them, like, I think one went through the, like, Saiyan Saga, one went through the Frieza Saga, maybe one went through the Android Saga, but they were, like, great little, like, walking around games, you'd shoot your little, like, you know, Kamehameha's at people and whatnot. Mm -hmm. Um, it's tricky, like, anime games in general, like, I feel like every once in a while we'll get a good one, but, like, for the most part they'll be, like not great like i know yeah. they had jump force came out not too long ago that was supposed to be like you know the smash brothers yeah. of like it was anime. supposed and to be the was next like, big anime game and it was like a dumpster fire yeah, when it, it so launched bad. or something um i know i tried playing the like my hero like one justice or game and it mm-hmm. was you know just a formulaic like fighting game yeah um what what's really interesting about anime games in the present day and i think i know i I see where our doc is headed we're going to talk about some past stuff but like (laughs) i think what's really interesting about where it's headed in the current era is that it's mobile games it's gotcha games so like you know you've got your games like uh especially with gundam you have gundam build Uh, warfare or something You've got fate. <laughs> like, You've fate got the is world. huge. What fate is Grand Order is like pulls in buku bucks. Yeah, the world ends with you. Mm-hmm. Um, you get stuff like Girls Frontline, which is actually going the other direction. So it was a game first, and it's becoming an anime. Oh yeah. And then you get, and I'm going to talk a little bit more about um, anime in uh, uh, video games and anime as opposed to anime and video games. But like, yeah, I think it's the gotcha model. It's the yeah. the mobile game model, and that's how it is. Right. I'm not saying it should stay that way because I'm not interested in gotcha games very much. But like, in the past, we have games like the Gundam Dynasty Warriors game that was awesome. What? Yeah, they had a Dynasty Warrior oh, wait, style I, I Gundam play game. That what system was? That I don't on? remember. Um, in fact, I don't think it was ever super popular in the West. Oh, but you like, know what? Uh, so I just thought of another game that I didn't have on this list, the Dot Hack games. Oh yeah, the Dot Hack games were amazing. Yeah. I only played the first one. You played, uh, I played the, the other, second the one. second one. Yeah, but there was like four. Yeah, I played the first one. Was really good. The first one felt like an MMO. It like was really good. MMO. The second one got super grindy. Did it really? Mm-hmm. Well, I mean that. There's your MMO experience. Dude, it was okay. A quick side tangent because this is one of the most grindy games I've ever experienced. 
So part of the deal was like, you remember that like bracelet that you had that would like suck the like um, cores out of the um, like corrupted um, monsters or whatever? Yes. Yeah. So whenever it would suck a core out, like they would be alphabetized. So it would be like A through Z. And to progress through the second game, you had to collect cores of certain letters. Right. Which meant that, because there was like, I think there was like 52 different cores because there was like uppercase and lowercase. Of course. Or something like that. But you had to go to specific dungeons, fight specific monsters, hope that they dropped the thing you needed. And every time you did it, it like made your like, own personal corruption worse right but it was just like just such a pain in the butt to just get what you needed to do to progress through the game yeah that sounds super grindy but like also <laughs> like that totally fits with the fact that but yeah. this is supposed to be an mmo because <laughs> like i've been playing guild wars 2 uh the for the past like couple weeks whatever fair spare time i had and that game is it's everything i want because it's a classic mmo and it has yeah. a lot of grinding um but yeah, the first I remember playing the first one and like it feeling like, hey, like this feels like a game, like an online mm-hmm. game, you know. Um, but yeah, uh, there's of course Pokemon, which yeah. you're you're more familiar I mean, with than I am. But yeah, since the beginning, but it, that the anime came from the game too. Yeah. But like even nowadays, like Pokemon has this kind of weird magical synergy between all of its various things that they have out in the world and Mm -hmm. and what is kind of amazing with what pokemon has been able to do is i think the games probably make up one of the smallest portions of their revenue right but everything is dependent on it right yeah like if you didn't have the games the other sides nothing else works like the only way you get new pokemon introduced is not through the anime not through the manga not through the card game not through the toys it's through the video game. Right. So the only way that they can start, you know, selling new bits of merch is by putting a new game out and introducing new characters that way. Yeah. Um, and then you also have, like, kind of like, I would say the this era's version of mobile games, which was the Flash games. So for me, the vivid and the vivid memory that I have is playing there was a Gundam Wing Toonami Flash game. And it was super simple. It was a grid-based... Remember when Flash was a thing? Yeah, you guys remember Flash? Back in my day, we (laughs) used to play our video games in the browser. Um, No, but like, it was super simple. It was like a a grid-based, turn-based, like strategy fighter and like you had like your Gundams and then you had like the Gundam Wing bad guys on the other side and like... Yeah, it was. It was What's just that game. It's like SOCOM or something. Oh God, uh, XCOM. You're XCOM. Thinking of XCOM. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it, even like like a very very primitive like XCOM. Like literally, okay. there was no like there were no obstructions. It was just a grid, and you went do do yep. do do. I'm and familiar went, with like, those kinds. And he had like sword beats gun, but so... gun beats laser, and laser beats sword. <laughs> of and, course, yeah, it was like that. So my. Uh, so actually, my first anime video game was also a Gundam game. Um, it was uh, Gundam for the PS One, and a friend of mine had it because um, I didn't have a PlayStation One. Mm. Um, it was just like a two D fighter like game, and it was 
so awesome. Yeah. I think I've talked about it before yeah. on the show. Um, but like, I just, I remember there was like one Gundam you could like call in and it was just like, it would take up the entire screen. Ah, <laughs> uh, I got to hunt that game down. Cause that was, that I was actually, a lot of fun. Surprisingly enough, I never played that game, but there was a different game that I played because of Gundam that I got really into. Mm-hmm. So like, obviously like I didn't play that game, but Titanfall. No, but also, yes, Titanfall's great. Uh, That's a different podcast. This podcast, we're going to talk about Front Mission 3, which was a very, uh, it was like kind of a very underrated mecha strategy game, like turn-based strategy game. And the reason I got super into it, because I originally didn't have it. My friend had it. And I went over to his his place, and I saw, like, the the robots fighting. I was like, Gundam! That's like Gundam! I want to play that! (laughs) So, like, I got it. And, like, I still, to this day, still play it. Like, I have an emulator, and I still play this game. Um, But, yeah. But, like, kind of turning this kind of section that we just had on its head, let's talk for just a quick second about video games and anime. Okay. So, like, obviously, you have your low-hanging fruit, which is, like... Azure Lane, Girls Frontline, Sword you know, Art, Sword Art, these kind of things that like incorporate uh, anime or video games that already exist into anime. Not necessarily Sword Art, but for like Azure Lane and Con Cole and Girls Frontline, you're taking these gotcha games, these mobile games that already exist and are basically primed for an anime already because they're designed that way. Uh, and turn them into anime. But then you also have, like, these cultural phenomenon. So you have, like, there are so many anime that reference Dragon Warrior. So, yeah. like, you get... Well, the... and there's a Dragon Warrior anime now. Right? And there is a Dragon <laughs> Warrior anime, which I didn't finish, and I need to finish it. But, like, you get stuff like um, the Nagatoro episode, which is very heavily influenced by, if not necessarily Dragon Warrior, it's it's just, like, Japanese RPG games in general. Mm. Um, and then you get stuff like the end, the ending sequence of like um, uh, the climbing anime. What was that Iwakakuru? Yeah, uh, which is just a complete like. Which I need to finish. I yeah, forgot. You, I oh, you never like, finished that? I have like two oh, episodes wow. left. How do you too. do that? I I stopped watching the episode after the one person like leaves the group. Oh, okay, yeah, but like the the ending sequence from that is very clearly ripped entirely yeah. from that. And then you have like and also on our list of one of the best uh, ending songs. Yeah, oh, it's great. Um, and then like you have other stuff that like it pulls from it in ways that have evolved beyond the point of immediate recognition. So like the entire phenomenon of anime that's based around slimes really kind of has to do with Dragon Warrior because the uh, Dragon yeah. Warrior slimes are the iconic beginner bad guys. So yeah. then you have uh, like my I've been life. killing uh, slimes for 300 years. Exactly. But then you also have stuff like my light like I've been reincarnated as a slime and stuff like that where you're like the the mob enemy, the, like the low level thing mm. that you farm for materials is the slime and that's where that comes from is Dragon Warrior mm-hmm. and other, you know, Japanese RPG games. So like you have this also phenomenon of not just like anime video games, but like video anime that has been inspired by video games. Absolutely. Well, I mean, like even Isekai in and of itself, like half of the worlds are just based on video game yeah, logic, right? Absolutely. Like, 
you know, you're an adventurer, there's a guild, you have stat points. And I like, feel like I feel like in the early days of Isekai, they kind of tried to shy away from that a little bit. Whereas these days, they're like, hey, guess what? This anime is a video game. Like, well, they don't I, care anymore. Well, I think it was, it's like a mix of it, right? Like, in the early days, like, that was the easiest way to explain it. So, like, the most popular ones had it, like, your um, sword arts, your yeah. uh, uh, dot hacks, like, um, log horizons, all that sort of stuff. And then you have the backlash to it, and now you have the backlash to the backlash. Right, which is like Spider <laughs> and stuff like that, which Spider's great. Oh my um, god, Spider's so good. We're, we're getting off on another tangent. Yeah, it's fine. This is a filler episode. That's why we're allowed to do oh, this. Oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, do you have anything more to say about video games and stuff? I, You know, I would just love another great anime video game. I would love for Jump Force to be good. I want another <laughs> Dynasty Warriors Gundam game. That also sounds good. I want to go find the original. I also think I want to go back and figure out which uh, Gundam PS1 game that was. So yeah. we can play that. We can look it up. Um, the next one I have on the list here, I actually added it while we were talking because I remembered that this is also a show that I'm, ca- I'm caught up on, which is 86. Mm-hmm. Um, it's still really good. You should watch it. You know, I've been hearing that. Like, um, really, like, I thought, like, uh, okay, here's my progression on how I felt about 86 okay. since we found out that it was going to happen. Um, I was originally disinterested. I don't remember why. But for some reason, I read a thing about it. And I was like, eh, fine, whatever. And then you told me a little bit more about it. And then I was like, okay, I need to watch this. So I watched it. And I'm like, this is good. It's good. I like it. And then, like, now, I'm like, this is a, an incredibly in-depth like it's so it's like it's an anime that's tackling so many things and like doing it so well and it's just really well animated the story is really great um the soundtrack is really good it's taking turns that you never expect um like every every episode it does it does it simultaneously manages to um completely validate what you expected of it and then also do something entirely unexpected interesting yeah i i felt as though they were pretty confident with it with how fast they got out the models i yeah yeah because because do you remember when we went to uh anime nyc and i forget what show we were looking for merch from i think it might have been like demon slayer yeah Um, no no it was fire force it was was fire force Force. I, i really wanted fire force merch and and there was just nothing yeah. there and we were talking with someone and they were like well usually what happens is merch doesn't even start getting made until um the show finishes airing because they want to know how the reception was yeah because what happened with and and it's all because of darling and the franks yeah, too, which yeah. is the hilarious part is that people were so into darling and the franks they're like okay let's get the merch going and so they started producing the merch and then people got so mad when it flipped that then they had all this merch that wasn't selling. Right. Ironically, now Darling in the Franks is even more popular than I think it was while it, it was airing. It kind of got a cult <laughs> status because everyone talks about it being so horrible in the last couple episodes. <laughs> um, We're a part of that. But like Zero Tuesday is still a thing. <laughs> Zero Tuesday is still a thing. Um, uh, but like I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, you were talking about the model kits. Oh, yeah, but they were definitely, um, they had to have been, uh, like, you know, no, they had a hit on their hands. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, like, you know, the model kits, obviously, they um, they are not, they're not quite on the level of Gundam model kits. Obviously, Bandai is focusing their attention on their moneymaker, which is Gunpla. But, like, um, all of the reviews that I've seen of the model kits that came from... Um, are you going to get one? 
Yeah, I might get one uh, if you know when I get some money. But like, um, they they did I think three different types of the main characters uh, uh, mechas, which are called juggernauts. So like you have the one I'm the juggernaut. Bitch. I'm the juggernaut. Uh, anyway, um, you have the one like standard model, and you can get like different decals for like the different types of people who use them, and then you have like the two other like support models that like come have their own little kits and each one comes with like a little miniature like the miniature robot that does like the replenishments and reloading on them um but then you also got a figure model kit of the main female character um vladalina milliers if her her name is if i'm remembering correctly um which also had pretty good reviews um because I, i guess we didn't really mention this in the gunplay episode but one of the other types of model kits that's very popular are um they're called like figure eyes or frame arms which are just basically anime girl figures sure um so they did one of those for the main character and all of them have had pretty good reviews from the model kit reviewers that i follow anyway um so like yeah i think it's really surprising how like i was that's the reason why when i saw it i was like oh this has to go in anime news because i was like how are they already making model kits? Yeah. But yeah, and the show has been fantastic. Um, it's been a really interesting kind of commentary on like the, uh, like, like something that we're dealing with right now in the real world, which is like drone drone wars. Hmm. Like, what do drone wars do to the people who fight them? Um, but then it's just also been kind of an interesting commentary on war in general. You've got talk like stuff that has to do with like racism and class struggle and like it's just like it's been a very unexpected hit for me. Um, so yeah, I might have to go back and revisit that. Yeah, it's been really interesting. Like all of all of the things like you can kind of you can kind of see from the first two or three episodes. Like, all right, this is where the anime is going to go. But like, and it does that. But then it also manages to surprise you in really unexpected ways and like take turns that like you don't expect them at first. But like when they happen, you're like, oh, of course this is happening. This makes total sense, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so yeah, watch eighty six. All right. Uh, one show that both of us are are caught up on uh, at the moment is My Hero Academia, and this season has been really good. It has been. So last season, we had like the main showdown with, um, you know, the like mob group and all that, and then we had the um, the like school festival arc, and I thought the school festival arc was meh right um and so this season you know we're starting off with like another kind of like training arc um but i I have been really impressed with how they've handled it at least so basically um this season is starting off with like class 1a versus class uh 1b and they're kind of determining who's you know the better class and they're all broken up into teams of four um shinzo the voice uh mind control guy is in it um and basically, like, it's, you know, teams, first teams, and then whoever wins the most wins. Right. Uh, the last few battles have been straight fire. Yeah. Like, Bakugo's fight was insane. Showed really fascinating character development mm. and growth from a character who has historically not had a lot of yeah. personal human growth. Um I thought uh, Ida was, like, super badass in his fight. Yep. Um, 
you know, there's stuff going on with uh, Midoriya, which I, I won't spoil if you're not all the way caught up on it. Um, but this season, I think the animation's been great. Um, yeah, it's been re- really great. So, yeah, one of the things, and one thing I will say is I actually did enjoy the festival, the school festival arc. And the reason I did was because I felt it was interesting Gentle to see. Gentle criminal. Gentle criminal. No, I thought it was really interesting to kind of see the lengths to which, like, because you, you get this kind of thing, and it, to me it felt almost, like, cliched, where it was like, oh, Lemillion and the girl Eri-chan and mm. how much he sacrifices and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, whatever, that's a little heavy. But they kind of made it feel real with the lengths to which Midoriya was willing to go to to kind of make just this thing. So like, animated it so bad. Yeah, yeah, it was not well animated. But, like, I felt story-wise and character growth-wise it was really good. Um, but that's one of the reasons why I really like this season, too. Yeah. Which is they are making all of the characters develop so well. So, like, mm-hmm. Bakugo. I've always not really liked Bakugo a whole lot. I'm like, eh, whatever. He's, like, a really one-dimensional, uh, sh- uh, you know, shonen rival character. Like, I don't really care. He shouts a lot. He's loud. His whole <laughs> thing is that he's a dick. Um, but this season has, like, really made him out to be like, hey, like, like yeah, he's a dick. Like, you know, his everything about everything you thought about his character is 100% valid, but, like... Also, there's other layers, and he's growing as a person. I I like that. There is... He is all of those things. He yells. He just cares about being the best. He, you know, is a dick to Midoriya. But, like, he is also like really legitimately wants to be a hero. Yeah. It kind of shows like like hey listen, this is he's like this is my thing. This is who I am, but I'm not willing to let who I am determine yes. how I act. I will mm-hmm. act in accordance to the, the way I view my goals. Yeah. And that's the that's the reason. And like the other person that I think really uh shines this season and uh, is mm-hmm. Uraraka. Yep. <laughs> and cuz like for me, she was turning into this like kind of Sakura, Sakura figure. Yeah. So, like, where you have this character who's just, like, her whole thing is to be, like, a semi-love interest for the main character. Is to pine after yeah. the protagonist. Yeah, and, like, it never, and it was, like, it's, like, all right, she's just going to be there, and, like, it never bears fruit. And, like, you know, I was, like, whatever, fine. But then this season, like, you find out, like, she is, like, she is ride or die. Like, mm-hmm. she's ready to go. She's, like, when someone, she's, like, someone I care about is in trouble, let's do this. We're going. Like, and so, like, that's been really important to me. And, like, the for me, the only downside this season so far um, has been a lack of screen time for my best girl, Froppy. Yeah. Well, they spend too much time uh, animating Acid Girls. But... Oh, God. They spent so much time on that. Why? <laughs> I, so, we are... I, I did uh, originally read ahead in My Hero, um, but the next arc is the last arc that I read through. And... I'm going to be really interested to see how they adapt it because honestly, if there's only 12 more episodes like left in the season or after they finish wrapping up, you know, this storyline um, and they get into it, it is, it is a meaty arc. Like there is a lot that goes down. So I don't know how they could possibly fit that into the rest of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's also going to be interesting because this doesn't spoil anything, but it's like, not really about the UA kids. It's about the villains right. throughout it. Um, and for such a long period of time, it'll be interesting to see how they keep audience attention when you're not looking at all the characters everyone loves. Yeah. I do also, along those lines of talking about my hero villains, I want to report to you and also our best buds out there. 
Um, for, for those of you who remember, we did our giveaway um, oh, a little while back. Um, we actually uh, ended up giving away one item to a best bud who I know in real life, who, because for whatever reason it was just easier, I decided to give it to him in person. Um and included with that, we gave him some waifu stickers. Oh yeah, <laughs> and uh, I gave that to him yesterday actually, and he was very oh, yeah. he was very excited about the Togo sticker. Oh, I'm glad. Oh god, yeah. Togo. So yeah, best boy Mark, if you're out there, ah, you, you're you. <laughs> yep. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, I think that pretty much brings us to the end of our first filler episode. Yeah. Wait. That's it. That's it. But we didn't we didn't do any content. That's a filler episode. Oh. All right. Well, I mean, that's all well and good, but you still haven't answered what this void is and how we got here. Well, that's because the answer is right through that door, best boy Justin. What door? Oh, Jesus, there's a door here now. Oh. Is that mahogany?